You're listening to Westside Church. For more information, visit us at westsideinfo.com. Lift it up for him. There we go. 3.30 service. Merry Christmas. I'm saying that because I don't want to say good morning. Because I've done that before. A few of you have. We've joked about it. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. Glad you're here. My name is Chuck. I uh, have the privilege of being one of the pastors here. And uh, this is an awesome opportunity for us, right? Because Jesus was born. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to, in a moment here, this awesome team up here, music team, is going to lead us in worship and take some some time to just realize and press into what Jesus is doing today, especially on this day. And as you hear this story that's coming up of his birth, recognize just what he did for you. Let's worship.
please take your seats? So over 2,000 years ago, in a very small village six miles south of Jerusalem, on a slope in the southern Judean hills of Israel, in the town named House of Bread, the greatest gift to mankind was presented. For, us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The prophet Isaiah was carried along by the Holy Spirit as he captured these very words from God when he wrote about this gift, written some 700 years prior to the most unique birth in the entire universe. What Isaiah wrote is a description of the wondrous mystery of this baby. This child who entered into time and space when he was born in the city of King David at just the right time in history. This is the royal son of God who is fully divine and fully human as the name associated with this child speaks of his divinity. And this child is God in the flesh. In his divinity, he always is eternal in who he is, and in his humanity, sinless. Jesus came to earth not as a child of eternity, but as the source of eternity, as everlasting father, meaning that he eternally exists within the triune Godhead, alongside the Father and the Holy Spirit in perfect unity. It is he who is the life giver, the author of life who gave his life for all of mankind to provide us peace. And this baby that was born is a prince, one who must reign. This child born to us is the one who rides on the clouds of heaven. The prophet Daniel wrote, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days. And is presented before him, and to him was given dominion and a glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages shall serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. There is much anticipation of this child in his birth, the one who is called Shar Shalom in Hebrew, the Prince of Peace. The anticipation is building up ever since Genesis chapter 3, in which we are told about the gospel message, about the good news. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. For the Prince of Peace has come, not in the sense of bringing calm, tranquility, but of bringing complete restoration. He is our peace, our shalom. And Jesus is the embodiment of peace, for he brings healing. He came to bring us a type of peace which existed in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve sinned. But that peace was soon replaced with violence and evil when Adam and Eve outright rejected what God had commanded them. So in God's wondrous, amazing, mysterious plan that he had made prior to the foundations of the earth, 
was that a savior would come. And that savior is Jesus, who came to bring shalom, a peace that we can have with God if we accept that this child that was born to us as the prince of peace, who through his death, resurrection, and his ascension offers us a right standing before God. And when Jesus returns, notice I didn't say if, when he returns, he will return as king, who will rule with an everlasting reign and will do so in peace. And we will finally be able to experience the fullness of God's presence with us as it was in the garden. Some of you might be struggling to find peace here today, trying to find a sense of wholeness or completeness. And you may be trying to seek that out and find it in the temporal things of this world, but I'll tell you, my friends, you will not find it here in this world. This child that was born for us is the only way to find the peace that your soul is so longingly desperate for, that which you were created to be in. It is the Prince of Peace, the one who gave up everything for our shalom, for our peace. So let's pay homage to our Prince. As Apostle said, Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. So the only appropriate response when we hear the truths from the word of God is to worship him. Yes, yay! <laughs> we will worship the one who is our peace. We will proclaim our adoration for the Prince of Peace, for our God, so that the world may hear about the Prince of Peace who has already come and will come again. Maranatha.
Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Have a seat. No, you did not take a wrong turn and end up in the Catholic Church. <laughs> Standing, sitting, you will do that a few more times, but um, we're so glad you're here. Really excited to be able to speak to you this afternoon. I said morning before. Thank you. Yeah, telling it on the mountain, what a joy that is. And we're doing that right up here in Placerville, in the foothills, in the mountains, proclaiming this Jesus Christ. Just wanted to share with you a tiny bit about my journey. Some of you are blessed like me to grow up in a church. And what an awesome thing to have seeds planted in your lives, to be doing that with our children and bringing them each Sunday and putting them into Sunday school so that they learn all these great lessons. But there's something that has to happen in the heart and in the mind of each and every individual that can't just happen in a Sunday school class necessarily. Um, I'm grateful to my mom and dad. I'm grateful for that experience that I had. And I understood a lot. Maybe you can relate. You, you understand a lot. But I missed something really critical, and I don't know if you have as well, so I wanted to share that I understood a little bit about this historical figure of Jesus. I understood that he came as baby Jesus. I understood that he was a wise teacher, that they were called him the son of God, that he set a great example, and a lot of churches are out there that are saying, live your life like this guy, because he set a really great example for how we should live. And if we all did that, the world would be a better place. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, that's part of the story. Who is this Jesus that we're all here celebrating today? The Bible says he is Emmanuel. There are three main points to this. I'll keep it as quick as I can. Point one is that the baby that was promised was Emmanuel. He would be God with us. Matthew 1:18 through 23, the birth of Jesus the Messiah. This is how, for those of you that haven't heard, Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary for your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That prophecy from the book of Isaiah, as Matt said, 700 years prior to Jesus coming on the earthly scene. Point number two, the prophecy was that the baby would come. Point two, he grew up to be a man and he became God with us. John 1, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John the Baptist testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, don't miss this, but the unique one who himself is 
God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. This unique one who himself is God. This is where the spiritual rubber meets the road, my friends. John the Baptist told us this when he figured it out. He was a cousin, and he didn't see it for a while. Even though in... Never mind. That's one. John 1. <clears throat> then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I saw this happen to Jesus. And so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Hallelujah. So I think I understood this. I got that he came as a baby, and I got that he grew up to be a man, and he lived a really good life. But this man, what happened to him? He was rejected. He was scorned. He was tortured, and he was killed on a cross. But he rose three days later. Hallelujah. And after this resurrection, he spent the next 40 days traveling around the countryside, speaking and showing himself to over 500 eyewitnesses. Many of you know what happened next. He ascended. And here's where it got confusing for me as a kid, as a teenager, and as a young adult. Maybe you can relate. I read that he went to heaven and he was seated at the right hand of the Father. So what's with this Emmanuel God with us? If he's there, how can he be here? Point three, he's still with us today. Before he left for heaven, he said this to his disciples, and he made this promise to them about what he would do when he got to the Father's side. You ready? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Hold it. Who did he just say would come? The Holy Spirit. And then what did he just say? So when the Holy Spirit came, that was Jesus in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus in the Spirit, God in the Spirit. So God is with us. Matthew 28, <clears throat> teach these new disciples to obey all my commands that I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always and even to the end of the age. So Jesus is with us, Emmanuel, God with us. All right, so he's here now, right? Don't miss him, right? Just because something's invisible doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You with me? How many of you are breathing right now? Show of hands. Excellent. How many of you are probably breathing oxygen? Yeah. How many of you see that oxygen? Yeah. Okay. You might have taken a wrong turn if you raised your hand to that one. But anyway, we're not, we don't see that oxygen, right? The wind blows. We don't see the wind. The wind is invisible. We see the things the wind does and the things the wind moves, but that's invisible, but you believe in wind. What's this thing? How many of you have one of these? Where are all the wires? What's it connected to? How in the world does that work? You believe it works. It works because they're invisible waves, right? And when the right frequency happens, that thing works. God is here. Let me prove it. <clears throat> the Bible's full of examples of Jesus being here. 
right in front of people's faces and they missed it. They didn't recognize him. John the Baptist, you got that verse a minute ago, right? He said, I didn't even know he was the one. Well, there's a well-known story, pun intended, of a woman at a well. She's a Samaritan. She was an outsider. She wasn't part of God's people necessarily, yet someone that was still expecting to see God someday. Somebody last week told me that they didn't um, think that they deserved to have God accept him. Wasn't sure that he would, kind of like that Samaritan, the outsider. And I think there are others of you in here that might relate to that. This outsider asked Jesus a question, and in response, John 4, verse 10, then 25 and 26, Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And the woman said to Jesus, to Jesus right? She says, well, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I'd never seen this until studying for today. But this is, according to scripture, the first person to whom Jesus ever outright said, I am the Messiah. To others, there was some code, and to others, there was, he agreed with them when they said you are, right? But this is the first time. Who did he do it to? Who did he confess it to? An outsider, Jesus was right in front of her. She had missed him. She had not recognized him for who he was. And please hear me now. If you can relate to this woman at the well, we need to acknowledge him. You need to acknowledge him. You need to invite him in. We're about to sing a beautiful song about our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And it speaks of the doors of heaven opening wide and a song that's being sung inside. And if you know Jesus personally and you've invited him into your life, then you know a little bit about those songs. But if you don't, you need to know that God may be calling you even right now, right where you're sitting. If you're feeling this strange tug, I felt that at 23 when the Holy Spirit knocked at my door. And anyway, it could be you. And it could be Jesus, and he might be inviting you in right now. Revelation 3.20 speaks to that. This is how God does it. Look, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together with you as friends. If you want to open that door, I want to invite you to do that. Jesus is inviting you to do that right now. Come up and tell me that you want to do that after the service. Come up during the song. Heck, we'll just go over in the corner and I'll explain it to you and we can talk some more. But don't let this opportunity pass. If you feel that knocking, it's the Lord and he wants to be a partner with you in your life. Emmanuel, God with us. God is for us. Now let's stand and express our joy and our gratitude at this truth.
Merry Christmas, everybody. You can be seated for the last time. Uh, before I get too far ahead, because we're going to be lighting candles in just a few minutes, if you have any kids with you with the glow sticks, just as quick instruction, all they need is a quick crack and a shake. If you bend them back and forth, you will glow as you leave. So you've been forewarned. Uh, it's been a wonderful evening so far. Thank you for coming out and joining us on this Christmas Eve. Um, so far, we've been talking about who God is, that God is the Prince of Peace. He is Emmanuel. He is the God who's with us. But I want to talk a little bit right now about how God is also the light of the world. Out of John 8, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Out of Isaiah 42, it says, I am the Lord. I have called you into righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and from the prison those who sit in darkness. And so what God is doing here is he's giving us a metaphor to understand something that's difficult. He's using physical things like blindness or being trapped in darkness to give us a spiritual truth. And that truth is there are certain things in your life that you will never be able to see without the light of God. Out of Proverbs 4, it says, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. When we ourselves see the light of God and we accept him as our savior, he illuminates our entire lives and he changes everything. We can finally see the futile ways of this world and how foolish it seems. We can see how our choices have caused difficulty and challenges and pains for ourselves and others. And we can see clearly the things that truly matter and the things that are just going to fade away. Out of Psalm 18, it says, For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock? except our God. Jesus truly is the Prince of Peace. He really is the God with us, Emmanuel. And he shares his light with the whole world. And it all began in a little town of Bethlehem when he came into this world as a baby. Out of Luke 2, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. 
And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So now the lights are going to start to dim. Hold your parents closely, children. It's going to get real dark. Every single one of us has been given the same opportunity the shepherds did. And it all began with one light. And this is the light of God. Now, as we can see in a room, one light makes all the difference in all the little lights that are shining about already. But you notice for most of you, even though the one light is shining, for you it's still difficult to see. So God in His great love shared His light with the whole world. And He told us, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but they put it on a stand so that the whole house might see. Likewise, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. <clears throat> and as we find ourselves sharing God's light. The darkness recedes <coughs> and God's love is spread throughout the whole world. And we can truly see what God always wanted for his people.
Merry Christmas. All right. On three. One, two, three. Have a wonderful Christmas. Spend time making much of Jesus and enjoying family and friends. God bless you.